then you are wrestling your junior year. And wrestle I did. Never wore a singlet for competition. You see, our high school was, you know, a lot of high schools are known for different things. Our high school was known for wrestling. At almost every weight class, there was a state contender. I think we have a picture of this motley group. Do we have a picture of this motley group? Um, there's Coach, Coach Shelton. He was the defensive lineman. I wasn't a defensive lineman, but he's out recruiting, and I think I figured out why he recruited me. But this group of guys here, they all went to state. These were the studs. These were the ones that, well, you know, I couldn't believe I still had it in the closet. They're, they're the ones that wear their letterman's jacket, and, and it had so many medals on it, these wrestlers, from the, all their meets. They would just be like this. You could literally hear them come down the hall, ching, 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 ching. That is not a joke. I mean, these boys, well, I have this little wrestling thing on my, my varsity letter, and um, it had nothing to do with competition. But what it had all to do with is I think the coaches were desiring for me to be a sparring partner for these state championship wrestlers. I kid you not. They awarded me a letter in wrestling that I did not officially earn. But then as I've grown up and learned, I think I, I did earn it. We have a, another picture here. You'll see um, the, the B team. The up, oh, no, sorry. So, so, this, so this is why I think. Jimmy Pounds, the one at the top, and Paul Howell over here to the right, 155. They would do different things with their weight just to, to beat that class. I mean, these guys are nuts. Spitting and losing weight and gaining weight and in the shower with the steam and, you know, I mean, just nuts. I know we have some parents of wrestlers in this room. I mean, what they do is just, it's just, it's, it's idiotic. As a matter of fact, my first practice, I was not a quitter, so I wasn't going to stop, but my first practice, we ran more than the cross-country guys. And that's not a joke. And we did it outdoors. We did it, did, did it. We did it indoors and outdoors. We, we went up bleachers and down bleachers. I was like, what in the world? I really thought I was going to die. I, I just, I thought, what in the world? Then I really knew that wrestlers were a different breed. But see, Paul and Jimmy, you can see that, they, well, Paul you can't see, but they're about my height, and I was their weight. And at that point, they wrapped me up in a pretzel every practice. I had no clue what I was doing. I was just a body, but I learned the basics, right? Any of us that are athletes, you you learn a basic athletic stance, right? You get that center of gravity, whether it's a baseball player, football player, wrestling, you know, volleyball. I mean, it's all based right here, keeping that center of gravity so that you can pivot, so that you can, you know, basketball, right? Everybody does some level of this same standing firm, setting yourself. Don't get back on your heels, right? If you're a football player and you get hit, 
and you end up on your back, coach goes, you, you didn't do the basics of getting into a stance. Well, just for gratuitous purposes here, you'll see me there. The shadow is really making my hair look long. And yes, I got a close-up for you because I know you're going to want to see this. And so there I am, just this long-haired hippie freaker, you know. And so what I learned in wrestling is to maximize the, the basic stance. And once you learn how to take a one-leg takedown, once you learn those things, it's amazing how they helped you. So the coach knew exactly what he was doing, his selfish purpose of putting me through a little hell on earth and that it would make me an athlete in my sport of choice. You see, the Apostle Paul has been taking us through this letter. And he's even saying, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We, we wrestle against principalities and powers in this world. He's closing up his letter. This is it, the final one in the series of all the summer long, to say these closing remarks. He's coming off of giving us about spiritual warfare, which we talked a little last week, and he's also coming off this kind of this preeminent post to come downhill to close it out, and that is to stand firm, stand sure. Don't get back on your heels. Don't get too far forward. Stand firm. Be ready. Be ready to almost do a 360 so that you can see what is happening, what you're up against, what you're going to be up against. Now, if every team player, no matter what sport, and we'll even say the team of God, whatever the team is, if everybody is doing that basic mark, then I can watch Marvin. I can watch Tom. I can see. I can see where they're at. And I can be ready to move. I can be ready to hop out of the way. You see? Paul's saying, stand firm. Be ready. And when you're ready, he says, stand, stand. They put a period there. In the Greek, it says, stand, stand. So stand, stand. Be ready. Be alert. Oh, the battle that you see across from you? There's something major going on. Remember the cosmic deal I gave you in first, the first chapter? God knows exactly what's going on, but you've got to be ready because we're not there yet. And your team is not there yet. And so you've got to be unified. You've got to be unified around the truth, and we saw that throughout the letter of Ephesus, to, the, to Ephesus. And we also see get along with one another. Unify as a team. Right? Now, wrestling doesn't necessarily have a huddle. Wrestling is what I think is almost the, perfect, almost the perfect illustration of the Christian life because we feel like so much is on the mat and we look around in that circle and it's just us. And our teammates are there, the fans, the cheerleaders, and we're in this circle, but we're still all a part of a team. But we feel like the wrestler left alone. The Apostle Paul says, listen, yes, you're going to have those moments that you are alone, that you are out there wrestling. As a matter of fact, I think we could easily say, when are we not wrestling with something, good or bad, right? Wrestling with a good decision, wrestling with options. There can be the true grappling. There can be those times when you just, you just, you're just getting hammered, 
But what does he say? You got to keep going, right? So you see this wrestling metaphor. You see, he desires for us to know that, that in this life, we're going to need each other. We're going to need each other's comments. I was in a small group very early on, early college, and I thought I knew Scripture, and I wasn't real. I mean, I was, this is no offense to my heritage. I'll just, I just like to put it this way to get, gain attention to what I'm saying, but I was a good Lutheran. We walked into church, and we walked out of church. We walked into church without our Bible, and we walked out of church without our Bible. We walked into church and had our little hymnal, and we walked out of church without a hymnal, and we did that. And I was a good Lutheran. I was president of the youth group. I was doing all that. But what I found out pretty quick when I got out of the protective mode of my youth group, and I was now 19 in college, I'm going... I'm dumb as a box of rocks. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I thought I knew. And I had these friends that were in the Word. I, I, you know, I would have just said, yeah, I go to church, give you my label, and I move on. But, but God was teaching me something. And so we're in this Bible study, and I knew some basic stuff. But one time, this guy named Jerry says to me, oh, it sounds like you're wrestling with God. Wrestling with God? Oh, well, don't you know in Genesis, you know, Jacob? And I'm like, I must have missed that Sunday school lesson. And he begins to say to me, you know, no, no, Jacob wrestled with God. Now, he just perceived him to be a man at first, and yet God used him to wrestle with Jacob. Oh, Jacob, you know, he, he put some fake fur on his arm, got the blessing, stole the blessing from his brother Esau. Then he splits town finds out that now Esau is coming after him with 400 other grapplers, just personal friends of Esau. Just professional grapplers, no big deal. And now Jacob is concerned. And he's in that concern. And it's one of those concerns, I'm sure many of you have had these sleepless night concerns. I mean, all he wanted to do was go to sleep. All he wanted to do was rest because he knew tomorrow was going to be this this confrontation, he sends out some gifts just to kind of kind of say, okay, Esau, I mean, hope we can do this, and, but he is nerve-wracked. And in the moment that he couldn't even sleep, then this man comes, God comes, and wrestles with him. You ever that, had that sleepless night, all the worry, and then it was compounded? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder... If scripture was written about us, if our story, our life story was going to be the new canon of scripture, I wonder if sometimes we might look back and go, that man or that woman that I was wrestling with was God. Well, Jacob ends up getting his hip out of place. He wrestled pretty good with God. But God was the victor. God just said, listen, I'm going to tweak you just a little bit. And in one of the most profound moments in Jacob's life to, to talk to his brother, he, he had a limp. A limp that was given to him by wrestling with God to get his mindset in the right place. The times that I have and maybe you have wrestled with God, it 
didn't it become bigger than the issue that you were dealing with, especially if you were dealing with a human? Oh, man, you put all this energy, you put all this energy into them, 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 they, they, they. But then if you're not, well, if you're careful, all of a sudden God says, this really isn't about them. This is about you and me taking you to a deeper level, taking you to a deeper part of maturity. And you know God is going to, you know God is going to beat you in this. You know you've got to obey this. And so you, like Jacob, I, like Jacob, say, well, if anything, bless me. <laughs> bless me out of this deal. Bless me. And sometimes we walk away with a blessing that is like a dislocated hip. Isn't that life? We know we have the principalities, powers of the air. We have the, that which we project as evil, that the evil is around. And Paul says, hey, listen, be ready because the, you know, the day of evil is coming. But just a, a chapter before, he says, the days are evil. So we have all of that that we have, right? We have to be ready, not paranoid, but just ready, sound, ready to move, ready ready to move that pivot foot in basketball, right? Don't lift that foot. It's going to be a travel. You do this, right? He's left, but you need one another. You've got to know and understand that each of us are in this place, and we have to have these opportunities to wrestle. Jerry says, listen, you're wrestling with God. I had no clue of that concept. I'm sure my pastor even, even preached on it. But it hadn't until that moment been spoken. You see, that's the power of community. There are so many things that I don't know that just in a casual conversation with you, God can say, you remember that, what you've been wrestling with? Here's your man. Here's your woman. They're bringing you a message. They're bringing you my blessing. They're bringing you clarity. They're bringing you confrontation. Well, none of us like confrontation, especially when it's from another human. But isn't it amazing? that in the power of unity, in the power of relationship, God takes us deeper in Him. You see, that's why we, we say get into a group. Get, get into a class, right? You're, you're, your generation mostly is used to the word class. But you know in that class, it's learning, and it's learning about one another. It's even disagreements. But have you ever had any disagreements in your classes? Of course. Because we're human and we're wrestling with things and we don't necessarily like what someone else said. Even if the scripture says it, don't tell me that. You're just such and such. And God says, no, remember who you're wrestling with. Remember what you're wrestling with and let me give you the answer. See, the power comes in community. It comes in that opportunity to practice unity. So that's why Tim says we want everyone to be in small groups. We want everyone to be able to have that conversation. We even want some, or maybe many, that would like me that come in and go out and come in and go out and you do it for years and it sounds really good and you've done it and it's not to diss what we've done. We still walk in this life with questions and through those questions we don't know. We don't know what the power of unity and community really is. Oh, now it's wonderful to come and see the back of someone's head, but it's when we're face-to-face -face and we're talking and challenging and 
looking at the Scripture, have you ever felt yourself wrestling with a passage before? You're like, I don't know if I like this. Because it's taking us somewhere. You see, that's all part of this larger picture. And so the Apostle Paul would say to us, man, it's great what y'all do. It's great what y'all do in, in your worship. It's great what you do in your life. But if you're going about it alone, if your family is going about it alone, then leader of the home, whether you're a widow and you're the leader or you, you, know, you, you have a family that you have influence, that's where you say, listen, let's make a decision. It's always nerve-wracking to come into a group. But I'm going to tell you, once you're in a group, it's amazing how you will know and understand even further what you're wrestling with. You may even go deeper in the wrestling with God. But it's getting through those things. You see, if you want to know the, the, the greatest tactic by the evil one is for us to say either I can handle it or I've got this. I don't need any help. And I prefer to be alone. He's whispered that to every set of ears that is in this room. And many of us continue to live that out. But he desires for us to unify. That's why he sent this letter. He sent this letter, this, the, most, the most generic of the letters of Paul, because it was to be then sent out to the other churches. And so he's desiring to say, listen, get ready, be ready, unify, get together, keep doing church, keep doing it well, be a part of the growth, watch what you're wrestling, know what you're wrestling. If you're wrestling against evil, then combat it with truth, with his word. If you're wrestling with something that's sort of a question mark, I'm going to teach us today, remind us today, and say that maybe there's something that God is taking us through, and the very wrestling match has nothing to do with giving the devil credit. It's all that God is maturing us and taking us deeper. And some of us, some of us sitting here, are wrestling with the same things we've done. And it's amazing how if we just get into a allow ourselves just to take ourselves a little deeper in community to bring it up or maybe not even bring it up you see the power of group is there might be somebody i mean we walk alone we think we're the only dealing with it and yet group and all of a sudden we're taken back because there is another human being that loves jesus Dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with? No, 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 no. That, that, that can't be. And God says, there's your blessing. There's your blessing. Through the power of conversation, through the power of community, through the power of disagreement, through the power of agreeing on the truth and applying it the best we can and coming back and praying about it, the team wrestles together. And then if we go deeper, some of us some of us have just experienced the celebrations of great, tremendous joys with other people. You see, Paul closes his message 
saying, I'm going to send you a coach. Ephesians 6, 21 and 22, it'll be on the screen. And it can be in your own Bibles that I hope you brought. Ephesians 6, 21, Tychicus. I like to call him Coach Tychicus. Coach Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may also know how I'm doing and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. I'm sending him to you for this purpose, two purposes, that you may know how we're doing and so that he might encourage you. You see, a small group leader is not a Bible scholar. Sunday school teacher is not a Bible scholar. They just pour themselves into a text and they facilitate and they open up discussion. Why? So that we can all be encouraged. Encouraged around the word. Challenged around the word. We can converse. And I know all of my teachers have had this. There's a time where they're sitting there and there's like you know, seven different opinions about a passage. And the teacher goes... I kind of know what that passage means, but we've all shared, so now let's go to the truth, right? And they're like, oh, I don't know if I like that, bud. I don't know, I don't know. And it's like, well, listen, 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 listen. This is not Bud saying this. This is not Tom. It's not George or Susie or Barbara, whoever. This is God saying this. Now let's all have fun wrestling with that. And through that, you see encouragement. The Greek term there, the encouragement goes deeper. This is, this, is, this is everything from an attaboy, but it's deeper to the soul. An encouragement that says, yes, yes, finally. This is, this is deep encouragement. Has your situation changed? No, I'm just telling you, it's not changed. But I trust by faith that God is taking me to that change and maturing me to that change. You see, in a group, you get to know how each other, how you, you do things together, and then you get to share your own self. Now, there's a bunch of groups, but I just want to talk about one that's pretty unique and new. We have a group with blended families called Blended. Some of you come from blended families. Either you're single parent or you're experienced or have experienced divorce. Maybe you're in a second marriage. What they're going to do is they're going to look basically in Scripture at all the perfect families that are in the Bible. No one laughed. You guys better start studying your Bibles. Because what we find is what? Just like there is no perfect family sitting in this room or any church on the face of this planet, there are no perfect families in this scripture. We just read a little, just a little tidbit of a very dysfunctional family. Hey, I'll steal your blessing. You know, the only thing that's given me consolation, read chapter 27 of Genesis, the only thing that's given me consolation is thinking about killing my brother. Have you ever felt like killing your brother? No, I'm not going to call the cops on you, but I mean, you ever have like, oh, I'm going to really, right? So I would say to you, some of you go, oh, no, that's for the younger people. These groups are for the younger people. And that, you'd be right. And I'm sure you talk exactly like that, right? The younger people. 
But let me just say to you, let me sow a seed. Look at these groups different. I know some of you have camped out. My goodness, you don't even have permanent, you don't even have tents anymore. You've gone ahead and built the house in the group that you're in. And I love that. It's called community. But maybe the Holy Spirit would speak to you to say, you know what? I've experienced this. I haven't gotten through all of this yet. I've been divorced for years, but I know God's still doing a work. Could you imagine? I've, we're in a blended family. We've been in this service. You guys might have been married 30 years, but you both came from a divorce situation. You see, that's perfect because you can come and and the first thing I'm just telling you for any new person that goes in there, and maybe even yourself. The person, when you go in there, the very first thing you find out, you ready? You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You see, we want that for all of the groups, no matter who we are. It's just to get together, get a bunch of multi-generational, God, God has blessed us with a multi-generational congregation. Let's get together. You want to get to know some people in second? I don't know anybody. Here's your voice again. I don't know anybody in that second service. Group's your answer. Group's your answer. Get yourself involved. A study or a type, right? Blended family. Get yourself into one of those so that we might all be able to be encouraged. And really, the trueness of it is, is what Paul says in the very closing. Now, this is a standard closing. Standard Roman-style closing, but it's rich for us this morning. You see, my prayer is that each and every one of us can experience peace to the brothers and the sisters and love with faith from God the Father with the Lord Jesus Christ and grace to all who our Lord Jesus Christ, who all love our Lord Jesus Christ, with an undying love. You see, that's, that's what he wants. That's what he desires. He desires for sin to go south and, and grace to go north and that we all are communing with one another. We're going to wrestle with something. And we are wrestling with something. But just remember, you're a part of a, a bigger team. And you may say, no, it's not my sport. Not my sport. I mean, every, I mean, everybody over, I mean, my perception is everybody over in that group or everybody over there or everybody over there. They walk down, I mean, they're walking down the Christian aisle and their medals are just going ching, 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 ching. And you go, ah, I can't do that. That's, that's beyond me. Lie of the devil. Close it out with this. Hey, insert your name. You wrestling this year? Oh, wait, there's no, there is no question mark. There is there. Hey, insert your name. You wrestling this year? God, we love you and thank you for the Apostle Paul's words, the reminder from your word, and the reminder for each of us. God, thank you for those that do community deeply. May this stimulate us to continue to grow in community. And Father, for those that have yet to take those, those kind of nervous steps, Father, may your spirit just give them peace and grace 
to just begin a journey to get to know someone deeper and not do this thing we call life alone, but with others. God, may your spirit have his way. May we be obedient and may we listen. Father, continue to be with us as each of us wrestles in our own way and give us clarity when we're wrestling with you. God, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.